Star Wars 7x7 episode 1404. Today, our continuing look at Canto Bite and the goings-on there thanks to the journey to the last Jedi. Punch it, Chewie. This is Todd Vander Hayden. I'm a national Canadian television anchor with CTV News and a syndicated radio host. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So we're continuing our look at Canto Bite this week, thanks to the compilation of short stories, helpfully titled Canto Bite. (laughs) It's part of the journey to the last Jedi, and building on the curiosity about this casino city and the possibility that it could show up in Solo, a Star Wars story, we don't know for sure. But hey, they like to reuse some of this stuff from time to time, and wouldn't it be interesting to see it in two different eras, one in the Solo A Star Wars Story era and one in the sequel movie era, The Last Jedi specifically, right? Because like I said, it was part of the journey to The Last Jedi. So anyway, we're talking about The Wine in Dreams today and it's a short story by Mira Grant and you know, I gotta say this one was a little bit puzzling to me and maybe the mystery that it's leaving is intentional, but for the time being, you know, it's something that... (laughs) (laughs) I can't find my way out of just yet. And I think what I'm missing about this has to do with a line from one of the characters. There's a pair of sisters, the Grammys sisters, who are involved in this. And one of them says to the other in conversation that we're in the business of creating a certain confusion about what our pleasure is. I think that's about right for what the line is. And it isn't really specified what exactly their pleasure is. But they're on Canto Bite, presumably to indulge in that pleasure. And you don't quite get the sensation of what exactly that is. They create a certain amount of chaos, to be sure, and there's another character who observes that during this rather chaotic finale to the short story, that as they pass through this gin joint that they are hanging out in, and I'll explain why later, that there's a certain wake of calm that follows as they pass through it. So it's almost as if you're supposed to think that they organized chaos in order to you know, kind of feed on it in its way. And yet there's no indication necessarily that they are like, oh, wow, that was awesome. What chaos recreated. Oh, I feel really satiated or anything like that. Like you don't get that at all. So I'm still a bit puzzled about what exactly their game was per se, other than just to increase the mystery and in otherwise amazingness of their reputation, how unusual they are as they purport themselves to be beings from another dimension beyond the galaxy, beyond hyperspace even. And the deal is, is that they have a particular kind of wine that comes from wherever they come from. And it's one that only a very few people have tasted. And it's possibly the most amazing thing anyone has ever tasted and it actually tastes different and appears different to anyone who drinks it so there's some sort of magical quality to it and we have what appears to be a main character a sommelier who is trying to acquire a bottle for a client of hers and that's why she's come to Canto Bite to meet with the grandma sisters to acquire that bottle that would be Derla Derla Pities yeah that's right Derla Pities 
uh, P-I-D-Y-S. So go with what you want on the pronunciation. And there's a gin joint owner named Ubiala who wants one of these bottles because somebody that she owes a debt to, and it's a pretty significant one apparently, wants that bottle as it's arriving in her gin joint to be handed over. And so she forces herself into the transaction and that causes all sorts of chaos in its own right. And I suppose I should say, and maybe I'm a little late in saying this, but this is potentially a full spoiler podcast. I am not going to pull any punches on it, but if you haven't read the story and you don't want it spoiled for you, then save this episode for a later date. But if you're okay with me spoiling it, then let's just continue. The Grammar Sisters also decide that they need somebody else to help pull off whatever they're about to pull off. So at a hotel they're staying at, they basically cause a stink with a desk clerk and get the hotel to release the desk clerk into their possession. And they start calling this person Souvenir. It's a human from Naboo. Her name is Kala, C-A-L-L-A. And apparently she's an indentured servant. Now, there is a distinction made in the novel, or in the short story, where there are specific laws on Cantobite against slavery, but apparently not indentured servitude. And I wasn't necessarily... 100% on the difference between the two. Apparently indentured servants are in debt to whoever they are serving and can work it off, but there is a finite time and amount of money through which they could work it off. And there are oftentimes punishments that could then increase the length of the servitude or the requirements thereof. But she is essentially released from her servitude by the grandma sisters in their complaints. And I guess this was just part of their plan. They don't necessarily have any, um, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Ah, they are not being nice to Kala. They're just, you know, getting her, you know, getting her because they need her for pulling off the scam that they're pulling off. There's no compassion. There's no empathy. There's no, you know, oh gosh, we got to help this poor woman. She's stuck in here as an indentured servant. No, there's none of that at all. But they do end up doing right by her and rather remarkably so. So that's kind of a neat thing. In a way, it parallels the first story that we talked about yesterday where there's just a, you know, random person who is living their life and who's not one of the movers and shakers on Canto Bite who gets sucked into the mash of all these other power players and 'er ne'er-do-wells and whatnot and manage, thankfully, to come out of it all right, even though it certainly seems like they're not going to when things get ramped up. And the chaos that gets caused? Well, randomly, there is a blackout at the gin joint where this exchange is supposed to go down, and it's never really explained why this blackout happens, who causes it, or anything like that. We have no idea whatsoever, but the rare wine that is actually on the table being discussed in exchange when the blackout happens suddenly disappears, and that, of course, causes all sorts of chaos, and the gin joint owner shuts the place down and starts having security grill all the guests that are there, which is going to cause all sorts of problems for her reputation, as well as her you know, chance to make money not only that night, but probably for many weeks if not months afterward and it turns out that these grandma sisters whatever they are they in the midst of all this chaos like go around and apparently they're able to excrete some sort of odd sticky fluid that when they stick their fingers on the labels of alcohol bottles it makes the labels pop off and so they start swapping the labels on bottles just apparently for the fun of it but Durla manages to reason with one of the sisters 
and get her to understand the idea that this Ubiala person is not going to let anybody leave the place alive unless she gets the bottle of wine that she's after. And so ultimately that is the arrangement that the grandma sisters are able to make, but they do basically say, yeah, we're never coming here again. So, you know, here's your bottle and we're out of here. Bye. And in the meantime, make a deal on the side with Durla to be able to be their distributor of wine and meet on Naboo some three cycles from now to help them get their wine out there. Durla seems to be not fooled by whatever game the grandma sisters are running. She says, nope, like I've tasted wine for years and years and years. And the stuff that I'm tasting here, like it has to be part of the galaxy. And if you don't want to tell me where it is, fine, that's okay. That can be all part of, you know, the way you want to do this because Durla is all about selling the story of the wine as much as she is about selling the wine itself. And so this is about as good a story as she can possibly ask for in terms of selling wine to her very distinguished and discriminating clientele. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and then we will do last Jedi trivia. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, May the 4th is Star Wars Day and it's also the date of our 1400th episode. So to celebrate all during the month of May, you can get the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book for just $7.77. That's whether you pay in dollars, pounds, or euros, just $7.77 at SW7X7.com slash TFA for the US version of Amazon or just search for the unofficial Force Awakens trivia book on any European version of Amazon. Welcome back. All right, last time I asked you for the first word of spoken dialogue in The Last Jedi, and that's we're, as in the contraction for we are, W-E apostrophe R-E. And today's question for you is, who says that line? And that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get set up for your attack run, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not three marks at 210, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.